right back to it. Bitsy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Of course, this is Championship Sunday weekend, but it's also, for the sporting fan out there, especially the most entertaining and scripted of the sports world, it is Royal Rumble weekend as well. It serves as maybe a main event for a lot of people, but certainly if you're dying to watch the football tomorrow, it serves as a fabulous, delicious, bloated, and performance-enhancing filled appetizer tonight. Coming from, of all places, which I just looked up, Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida, and here to help us preview it as well as talk a little Champ Sunday and so much more. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, it's the one and only from the Rich Keefe Show, Rich Keefe in the house. Keefer Madness, what's happening, buddy? Oh, Fitzy, thanks so much for having me. What an absolute pleasure on my end. <laughs> Translation, <seems> fake. <laughs> I was perfectly content watching a movie, drinking a beer, and playing with my kids. Thanks for interrupting my Saturday. <laughs> No, this is fantastic. It is Royal Rumble Saturday. I woke up with a little extra pep in my step, and I'm just counting down the minutes until the first uh, the first wrestler steps foot in between those ropes. So you think Rich, Vince McMahon time? will be there? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, any truth to the room? I do not, actually. Any truth to the rumors? Those were some text messages. Boy, I got to oh tell my. you. It was something years ago. Do you guys remember when Pat O'Brien, like a voicemail leaked out? He used to be on CBS Sports, then he was on oh, yeah. like the, the Insider yeah. or Entertainment Tonight. Um, what a do? creep he turned out to be. No. You don't yeah. remember that? No. There's a lot of people that are like that, and, and especially now with the way technology is, I think it's easier and easier to kind of uh, identify who those people are. But, uh, yeah, there was a Pat O'Brien one. There's There's been a handful over the years. Donald Trump. Like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> Our previous and future president sure. as well. Yes. <laughs> yep. also uh, but, I, I, Keith, I feel like if I told AI, like, Write me the filthiest, lewdest, most lascivious text messages that would get me, you know, basically eliminated from society in the public eye. I don't think they could write uh, the, a robot could write something as as just jaw dropping as what Vince McMahon no, sent people. No, not at all. And there are many times as a wrestling fan where you're watching the stories that they're telling and you're like, this is outrageous. Like, who wrote this? And then you find out <laughs> that what the guy's actually doing in his real life. And you're like, oh, that's tame. What we're seeing on screen is so tame compared to what, what he gets up to. Um, all right. So, Rich, tell me a little bit about um, before we get into the to either of the rumbles tonight. Um, and, you know, lucky Tr Tropicana Field. My God, what a great place to have this. Hopefully, actually. Hopefully things go so awry they tear the stadium down as well tonight because that place is a dump. Um, so tell me about this. The What do they call this? The uh, triple threat match. You've got Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton versus AJ Styles versus LA Knight. What the hell is that all about? That's a fatal four-way match. I was going to say there's four Fitzy. people. Triple Fitzy. threat. I mean, that's Jesus. yesterday's papers. This is a fatal four-way match. Fitzy also said that someone could get deaf in an eye, so let's give him a break. <laughs> Well, All right. you know, I forgot know. to take my Centrum 50 earlier today. <laughs> Brave That's understandable. Things. No, this is sort of so they've built up Roman Reigns for for those that aren't watching wrestling. They've they've built this guy up where I think he's been champ for five years, like maybe three more. and a half. Like he, yeah. So long he's been champion that they even decided to split the belts again. They're like, all right, well, we're just going to keep it on him. So we're going to make another belt because there's like a raw champ and a SmackDown champ. And that there's just more belts, probably too many belts. But so Roman Reigns has a match. Like normally you'd be like, oh, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, LA Knight. That should be a good match. But 
he's not going to lose the title to any of those guys. Everybody thought he was going to lose it last year to Cody Rhodes, who won the Royal Rumble last year at this time, and then he got to choose to fight Roman Reigns. So there's this long build between January and April, and then Roman Reigns still beat him. And people were shocked. They're like, wait, what? They're just going to keep this going again? And it, it burned really hot. People were super into the storyline with Reigns. Now it's kind of fizzling, and I don't know whether it's The Rock, which there's been rumors of, or mm. maybe CM Punk, or maybe actually Cody a year later. Mm. But I assume Roman Reigns wins this match, and then whoever wins the Rumble, hopefully that'll set up this one last push storyline. So, Rich, I wanted to find it, and I didn't have a chance. You kind of wrapped up that answer quicker than I expected. Um, I gave you plenty of time. I was you, up there. I gave you all kinds of details. Gotcha. There's some good intel in there. So what was, because I saw this come across my Twitter feed this week, that there was uh, reported leaks of what was going to happen, both in terms of the story of, of Rumble and then at WrestleMania, and then the reporter, I believe, from Sports Illustrated or one of those, retracted the reports of potential leaks and actually said, no, I think I was misled by a source that was previously good. What, what was that all about? So I think that's what sunk Sports Illustrated. Really? Right that was the final no. nail. <laughs> they like, you guys didn't get this right? You didn't get the wrestling scoop right? We're shutting it down. No, I, uh, I usually try to avoid those in all seriousness because I'll see it pop up and I'll see like wrestling Twitter and I'll see people be like spoilers or like if you go onto Reddit, that's all it is. And, you know, there's definitely ones that you can find in there that end up being right. But right. I feel like they throw so many darts at it that, yeah, of course, it's a story. It's a scripted storyline. So you could name one of 30 people to win the Rumble, and then you could circle back to them like, see, they had it all along. Like, they had it the whole time. So, because I've also heard stories, and I've seen enough wrestling documentaries where they might have a plan, it might kind of get out even, and then they get wind of it, and then day of the match, they'll change it. And sometimes right. there are wrestlers in the ring who have no idea, and they're like, what's this guy doing out here? He's not supposed to be out here. And they're like, just go with it. Just go yep. with it because they've had to call it on the fly. And they know, I mean, it's so easy to get things leaked out and, and spoiled, so they try to keep surprises the best they can. I would almost think that sometimes you would have misinformation campaigns where they would yep. leak out storylines just to have people talking and to build buzz on Reddit and all the other forums and blogs. And then peop and then all of a sudden, like, ooh, you guys fell for what we you thought it was going to be, and then it went this way just right. for a greater surprise. And like the guys on the college football sideline when they have, like, six different shirts, colored <laughs> shirts. Is an yeah. orange, a red, a blue, and a yellow. Which play call is the right one? You figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And they're holding up a sign. Like, it's got a picture <laughs> right. of Ren and Stimpy on it and then a picture right. of a yak. And you're like, what is this? A taco and a toilet. All right. The old <laughs> Ren and Stimpy taco toilet play. Here it comes. Um, Rich Keefe from the Rich Keefe Show, our guy who we're on with every week here on WEI, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to talk. Royal Rumble tonight, 7 o'clock. See, Andy, aren't you happy you have Peacock now because you can put this on tonight and just chillax all right into your Saturday. One quick sleep, wham, it's Champ Sunday. You're Damn welcome. rights. Um, I would have never known without the NFL. I, I need to thank them. I was mad that they were streaming games exclusively on Peacock, but it made me realize I have Peacock. So, yes. Rich, who are the um, Rich? We should say Peacock a lot. It sounds funny. Okay. Peacock, right. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then the all the jokes about when HBO Max shortened it, and they were like, "Well, I wonder if all the other streaming services are going to shorten uh -oh. it." Uh, so the favorites right now, because yep. there are certain places where you can bet on it too, it, are, are CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. Those are those are the big favorites. But even still, there's not a place yet that is minus two hundred or minus five hundred. So I don't think the real winner of this has gotten mm -hmm. out. Last time I checked, they were both like plus one fifty or somewhere in in that range. Mm -hmm. uh, 
they could go back to it and, and have Cody be back-to-back champs. I think that they've had back-to-back winners before, and they could play out that storyline that way. CM Punk, who hasn't been in the WWE for a really long time. He had like a brief little run in AEW, then he was out again. Then he was a big surprise at one of their uh, last pay-per-views. He hasn't wrestled. He's been in the ring. He's talked and blah, blah, blah. But this is going to be his first time actually in a ring. So I could see them giving it to Punk. If I had a bet and everything was equal, I would say CM Punk. And I wonder if, you know, he had a lot to say when he left the WWE before and, you know, kind of a bit of a crybaby. But I wonder if when he came back, they're like, hey, we're going to give you a good run here. We know you're older. We're going to give you a big push. You get back in here. You win the Rumble. Boom. Now you're on the way, and people are going to wonder if you challenge Roman Reigns, whatever else. So those are the two big favorites. Now, there's also the idea that maybe The Rock gets yes. involved. Like, yes. I think that's what people really want to see. Yes. And uh, he's been back a little bit talking stuff because he and Roman Reigns are, are related. The Samoan family is, like, insane. Like, they're all connected. Like, Yokozuna, The Rock, The Usos, all these guys. Ooh, and uh, if you're going to have Roman Reigns finally lose, I think The Rock would make a lot of sense. He's not confirmed to be in it, but I think he'd be certainly the most fun. And then another guy to keep an eye out for is Gunther. He is the Intercontinental Champion over right. a year long. He's just like a, like is a great wrestler and like a massive dude. So if he doesn't win, I could see him eliminating the most people, try to make him look really good, and then maybe he goes out in like the final four. How how insane would it be if the Royal Rumble is you know they're halfway through, two thirds the way through, and it's you know it's it's pandemonium going wild, and you and you've got uh, uh, CM Punk and all the and Gunther and everyone just it's a absolute free for all frenzy and all of a sudden just like oh time for the next time time for the music of the next wrestler and then you just hear like if you smell, oh my god like the best that. the rock call comes out that place will crumble that would be insane yeah it would be and i i mean it's it has to happen at some point like i think there's been so many rumors the plan was last year he was going to come back win the rumble that might have even gotten out like after the fact. I forget. That might have been like a McAfee interview or something. Like I think that at one point was the actual plan was for The Rock to win the Rumble and then face Roman Reigns at last year's Mania. I don't know what happened. Maybe scheduling with The Rock. He's in a million movies. I don't know. But it didn't happen. So I wonder, like, that could also be on the table this year as well. Uh, last year at Mania, Stone Cold Steve Austin came back, and people were wondering if he was going to have, like, a real match or not. They built it up, and you're like, oh, this will probably just be, like, a nothing. And he had, like, a real legitimate match. So I think The the Rock, who's even in better shape than Stone Cold is, is definitely in a spot where he could come back and have, like, a full-on match. And he is the best opportunity. He is now on the board of directors of TKO. He bought the, or got the name The Rock, is now under officially his ownership. And the best way they can probably sway some of the uh, PR away from Vince McMahon and his resignation and his texts is to make people remember. No, 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 there's really good, cool people in wrestling, too. The Rock, look over here, here's The Rock. Are there other names? Because obviously they have to fill out um, both Rumbles with enough wrestlers. Are there any other names that you know aren't necessarily uh active members of the organizations that we might see uh help fill out the rosters that you're the surprise returns for this you know one guy i thought had a chance to come back because he's been in and out for years and it's always a big deal when he returns is brock lesnar however he is so directly tied to vince mcmahon apparently like just from the Mm. reports out there like when brock comes back he just talks to vince and he doesn't he doesn't deal with anybody else Hmm. and like uh, when Vince was like pushed out 
originally before he came back, like succession style. Uh, I guess that really pissed off the Brock. Uh, the Brock. The Brock. <laughs> pissed off Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and uh, so I, maybe he won't be back. Uh, Sami Zayn's a guy that I think is uh, maybe coming yeah. back off an of injury, which people I think would be pumped if he is able to return. That's usually the time. Anytime you go back over the last calendar year, and if somebody has an injury that's like six to ten months or whatever, you're like, all right, can they just save him for the Rumble, or can they kind of rush him back for the Rumble? And it'll probably mix in a couple of old dudes too, especially on the women's side. I've noticed that over the years, though the women, although there are more and more of them now, and there's a whole stable of them in NXT, they rely on sort of the stars of like 20 years ago even more to sort of fill out the 30-person card. I got my money on the fabulous moolah, that's all. Get her in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Keith, uh, I want to I return you to your Saturday. I'm way more excited now because I know a little bit of the storylines and some of the favorites. I think it is hilarious that people would actually, or that there are sports books that would take money on something that is scripted, <laughs> which is it's great. just, I mean, may as well just bet on the end of movies from now on once you go to the Cinematheque. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... It's insane, but hey, it's a wild world we live in. 2024 is a hell of a drug. Um, uh, I want to get your picks for Champ Sunday, and of course, we'll have our Rumble pool that you have been that you announced on social media as well that we'll be keeping our eyes on. We'll yes. have a huge Rich Keefe show on Monday. We'll recap everything. Who you got tomorrow, my guy? So I originally was thinking both underdogs, believe it or not, but I, I, I sort of smartened up on the NFC. So I'm going to go Chiefs and 49ers in the Super Bowl. Chiefs and four, so you're going to go with a, a 54 rematch. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the 54 rematch. I think uh, I I love the Chiefs plus four, and then I'll, I think I'll also I'm taking them outright as well. And then I think the Niners will just probably be too much for the for the Lions, and thus we get a Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy Super Bowl. And maybe this time Brock Purdy doesn't miss the long pass that helps the 49ers seal the deal. <laughs> Unlike old handsome Jimmy, mm-hmm. you can listen to a Monday through Friday, six to ten every night, except it's till nine p.m. on Fridays. I personally am a fan of the Monday to Wednesday edition of the Rich Keefe Show, and he's preferable to the Tuesday and Thursday as well. Uh, you can follow him at Keefe Twenty One, and of course at Rich Keefe Show on the IG and the Twitter. Rich, thanks for the info. Thanks for the uh, excitement and enjoy tonight's electrifying sports entertainment. We'll talk to you Monday, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Rich Keefe on the Harbor One Hotline previewing the Royal Rumble and talking some Champ Sunday action. 617-779-7937 is the number. When we come back, we'll talk some Celtics, catch you up on what's going on with the green team. How those Bruins doing? How come people keep scoring 70 points in the NBA? Plus at 230, your best bets with Chris Scheim, and then we'll wrap this puppy up by three. And until then, here's the trending sports news of the day with Joe Braverman. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. You want an update on the Bruins, Fitzy? Don't look now, but it is 5-0 Bruins on top of the Flyers, and we are not even halfway through the second period. Under 14 minutes to go, David Pasternak has two goals. James Van Riemsdyk just put in the recent one. Danton Heinen and Charlie McAvoy have all put in one. That's right, 5-0, not even halfway through the second period. Later on tonight, the Celtics will be back in action. They'll face the Clippers. The Clippers have won four straight games. Kristaps Porzingis has been ruled out with the sprained left ankle he suffered during Thursday's win in Miami. Tip-off from TD Garden is set for 7.30. Meanwhile, last night in the NBA, as Fitzy alluded to, Luka Doncic scored a franchise record 73 points in the Dallas Mavericks' win over the Atlanta Hawks. Those 73 puts him now tied for fourth with... David Thompson and Will Chamberlain, who did it twice for fourth most in a game 
in league history. The interview process continues for Gerard Mayo to fill out his coaching staff. We just learned from Burt Breer that all signs are pointing to defensive line coach Demarcus Covington to become the new defensive coordinator. Breer also tweets out that it should be official early next week, and New England has called other candidates to tell them that they are out. Meanwhile, on the offensive side of the ball, Jeremy Fowler reported that they are interviewing Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze for the same position, and Tom Pelissero reports that 49er tight ends coach Brian Fleury will also get an interview. And big injury news from the AFC and NFC Championship for tomorrow. The Ravens will activate tight end Mark Andrews off of injured reserve, while Chiefs All-Pro guard Joe Tooney has been ruled out. On the other side for the NFC, the 49ers announced that Debo Samuel is cleared to play after leaving last week's divisional round win with a shoulder injury. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. A Lindholm shot, tipped wide by Pasternak, not by much rebound, off the end boards, played out in front of Ann Reemsdyke, and he taps it in. That's right, count them. Five goals scored just halfway through the second period by your Boston Bruins as they lead the Philadelphia Flyers 5-0. From, what do they call it, the Spectrum Center, the Comcast Center, the uh, right near It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Center. I don't know, it's one of those arenas at their big sportsplex. All I know is that the cell, the Bruins are just on fire right now. Love it is the it's called Wells the Wells Fargo, Fargo Center. Center. Yes, I have Google as well. Thank you, Joe. Excellent producing work there by you. Eh, not so great by me. Wow, Andy, Bruins just ha- like now. Bruins are almost every other game or every third game recently putting up more goals than the Patriots scored points in a third of their games this season. What do you what do you attribute some of this just this? These offensive outputs, these goalapaloozas, these scoring flurries these days from the Bruins. I don't really know. I mean, first of all, Pasternak is good. So you start with, like, you have one of the best goal scorers. Marshy's uh, on a rip, too. Marshan, like, you have talent. But, I mean, we, this, the offense was supposed to take a hit post Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci. And you're supposed to be a team that's built around having two goalies. And Mm -hmm. now you're scoring a bunch of goals. That's good. Like, I feel like there's building expectations. I think our guy Shime actually was uh, talking about this the other day on the Greg Hill Show. The elevated expectations for the Boston Bruins because this was a weird year where everybody thought they wouldn't be as good in the regular season, but maybe they'll actually go further in the playoffs because they won't fall on their faces coming off the too easy or too productive regular season. Now I feel like people are like, well, they're really good in the regular season, and I expect them to make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, I don't know. If you, all, all I know is if you get good goaltending and you score five goals, you're probably going to win a lot of hockey probably games. Probably going to win a lot of hockey games. <laughs> I'm no so puckhead, but... Linus, the, well, depending on who you ask. That's Linus, uh, to, to date, or rather so far in the game, halfway through, 21 shots attempted by... The Flyers, he has made saves on all 21, which is impressive. Two goals for Pasta. You got one for Van Riemsdyk, which you just heard. One for McAvoy, who's just having an awesome season. Best to date. Talk about one of the guys. Doesn't even play that, you know, Krejci and Bergeron retire. And McAvoy just steps up into a leadership role and is now fully ascending, it seems, into all of his, uh, you know, off-ice and on-ice powers. Just an awesome season for him. And one goal for Danton Heinen. I love... The I love the the idea of the Bruins being just as good as 
last year, at least in ter- well, almost as good. Last year was record setting. They're thirty nine and nine. Looks like they're about to go to thirty one nine and nine. But the expectations got lowered so much after last May's cataclysmic downfall and loss in the series to the Panthers that anything they do this postseason, I think, will be seen. I won't say gravy or house money, but will be a big step forward for them. And and the pressure is off a little bit, although if they keep ripping it up at this kind of torrid pace, they're not going to finish that far behind where they were last year. They are tied for the most points in the NHL with 69 headed into today's game. <laughs> it, Yeah, I know. Nice. Nice. It's just, it's, it's damn impressive. And as far as the Celtics go, Andy, we're watching an NBA now where like 60 plus point nights are being handed out like cars on Oprah's show. It's nuts. La- last night, Luca. You know, went viral this week for having a fan kicked out of a game for kind of barely clapping at him. That was a little SAWFT from Luke. He apologized. He took it back. Okay, as he should have. Now, he needs to do something to make it right, I would Yeah, argue, he may but... want to give give something to the fan or do something to make that right. That was He was a little bit of a whiner of a mood. But then he answers last night with a 73 burger. What is going on that's making it so easy for it? Does no one play defense anymore? Not really. I mean, you look at these games. How many Celtics games do they have 70-something points at halftime? They're on you know, 140, 150-point pace. The freaking Bucks, they give up a boatload of points. They're in games, it seems like, all the time where it's like 140 to 130 or one. You'd like, no, defense is not being played. It's just, and I don't know if that's teams going in the we're just going to outscore you direction because we've lived it over the last year plus with the Celtics, right? Like, even though they have better perimeter defense this year and Jalen Brown's locking in and, and Derek White and all of that, um, the, their coach still believes in shooting threes and scoring points, and and they're still an offensive team. Um, I, I just think defense is not a priority anymore, and I don't know if that's some of that is the, the types of players you have. Now, this is probably getting much deeper than you need to, but going into AAU culture where, guess what? Coming out of AAU culture, defense doesn't get you anywhere. It's a world about putting up points, putting up stats, showing what you can do athletically and scoring-wise. And I just wonder if those pipeline prospects coming out of there, that's what you get, is a lot of people that can score and a lot of people that are indifferent about their defense. And as such, you get 50, 60, 70-point scorers, and you get games that are up in the... Used to be an all-star game was the only game you watched that was in the 140s, 150s. Now I see 140 and 150 games all the time in the NBA. Right. I I, kind of almost got used to, like, you know... 103-96 103-96 being yeah. like a, a high-scoring game. Now we're basically looking at all-star games yep. all the time. And like, I don't you know, I don't love it. And now some of it's the three-point shot because okay. you get these games Fair. where teams, all of a sudden some team is shooting like 58% from three, and they take so many threes that, yeah, they pile up points at a, at a, at a fast clip. Um, but I think there's more to it than that. It's just, it's just a different game, and it's so funny. Like, if you ever put on a game for, for these guys even, forget, like, kids, but these guys that are actually in the NBA, put on a 90s game where, you know, Knicks versus somebody, and the game is like, well, we five minutes to play here in the fourth quarter, and it's 72-69 Knicks, and people will be like, in the what quarter? It's not halftime? I mean, it's just such a different world in terms of physicality and style of play. But I do think some of it is a byproduct of the AAU culture. I really do. Yeah, it may it may very well I also be. blame everything on the AAU culture, I think. I was gonna, I was going to say is that is the AAU culture now the the new you people of today's yep, program? A little bit. Anything I don't like with sports, I blame on like travel teams, youth coaching, AAU culture, me first attitudes, showcase tournaments, all of those things. Hey, uh, Joe, is Shime with us? 
He died? Uh, we are currently dialing him up as we speak. Okay, oh. there we go. I just got the update here on the old uh, producer's machine. Thank you very much. 617-779-7937 is your telephone number. You know what? Actually, let's take a quick Screw call. Screw Shine. dials in. Let's go down to uh, the great town of Hall, where I used to go all the time and visit my godmother, Auntie Joni, as well as the home of my guy Dino from Vitamin C Brewing. Just, you know, coloring in the local flavor here, Andy. It's Tom in Hall. How are you, Tom? Hey, 50 long time. Uh, I got a lot of respect for you. I mean, I, I always have. But I got to tell you, about the bees, I mean, last year, let's not throw the bees under the bus because they, they didn't win round one last year. I mean, what happened last year in round one was, was, was basically very simple. They ran into a, a team that, that caught fire and, and, and at, at, like, the right time. It's, like, out of nowhere. And, yeah. and, and, that team, and that team went to the Stanley Cup finals. So they were the real deal. And the, and the bees just so happened, they, 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 they ran into them and boom. But, but let's not forget this, too, Fitzy, right? I think it was game five when, when, when Marshawn had the breakaway to, to, yep. to win the series. Mm-hmm. And, and the bees, and they lost that game, and they went 3-2 basketball. Because I think, I'm pretty sure Florida won three in a row to beat us. But, uh, you know, this year, I'm telling you right now, we get by the first round, watch out. All right, Fitzy, love you, brother. Hey, Tom and Hall, I appreciate you very much. And listen, I That's cast no definitely aspersions. one of your people. It, That's that, you people. You know right what? There. And sometimes my people are the good people, Andy. Tom and Hall being one of them. He's just a diehard fan looking to have Excuses a chat with galore. his old pal Fitz. He doesn't need anyone to, you know, clap at him and you people him and make him feel bad for the way that he feels. And you know what? I no, couldn't I, agree more. Watch and I kept my mouth fruits. shut. I kept my mouth shut. I didn't want to rain on his parade of excuses and the way he wanted to. He sees the world the way he wants to see the world, and damn it, I'm good with it. Good enough. That's just good enough. It's not the right way, me. but it's fine for him. All right, all right, all right. We'll <laughs> I tried. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. There it is. There it is. All right. And now, do we have Shime now? Yes. There he is. All right. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to help us sort through the host, the plethora, the absolute bouquet and buffet of propositionals, wagers, teasers, parlays, three ways, five ways, seven ways, and so much more that you can get into tomorrow in what should be an action-packed and hopefully thrilling and fulfilling Championship Sunday from the Greg Hill Morning Show. It's the one and the only primetime. Chris, shime time shime is right here. Shima, how are you, kid? Boys, how we doing? Oh, it's been a minute since we've talked good gambling with you right here on this very program. Um, we've done a little Patriots, we've done a little Celtics, some Bruins, coordinator talk, Champ Sunday, Royal Rumble. It's been a Vegas smorgasbord of sports talk today, but now we're getting down to the real nitty-gritty of it. The two games, previewing what should be an awesome day, the last day of multiple football games until September 2024. I'm going to miss it so much, but I am going to hug and squeeze the hell out of tomorrow, and I'm hoping a couple of coins fall out of it when I hug it. Now, Shime, first tell me why you think the Chiefs line, is it just Joe Tooney's injury alone that has taken the Chiefs from a three-and-a-half-point road dog to a four-and-a-half-point road dog? And of note, everybody, Patrick Mahomes, 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread when he's a dog. Yeah, I, look, I, I think Baltimore's the better team, so I think this line was pretty accurate when it first came out. But I'm not surprised that it's moving in this direction because in any regular season game, like normally – the Ravens are so much better than the Chiefs when you just look at the rosters that this should be like a seven-point game. This should be very similar to the to the San Francisco Lions game. And I think that 
opening around three and a half was because of the respect for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So I think you're just seeing a lot of uh, big gamblers start putting a lot of money on Baltimore, and the line's just creeping towards Baltimore. I don't think the Joe Tooney injury helped that at all for Kansas City. Um, and so, like, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of these places had this at four and a half, five come game time. Like, it's – I just think that more and more people – um, are going to ride with how good this Baltimore team is top to bottom over just Patrick Mahomes. Shime, am I wrong to oversimplify the NFC game? Uh, you just referenced it. Um, definitely a bit more of a divide in terms of the line, but if Brock Purdy doesn't F it up, it, the 49ers should control that game from minute one to 60 minutes later. Uh, I, uh, you and I are completely, I completely disagree with you. To be oh, honest. you're a Lions guy. Love it. Lions yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a couple of reasons wow. for that, right? Like, Goff. it's clear and evident that the Lions secondary is going to struggle. And if Purdy is good in this game, 49ers are going to score a lot of points. But I think what the Lions have going for them is two things. One, San Francisco cannot stop the run. They're like 28th in DVOA against the run this year. And right. there is no team I would rather run the football with than the Lions. Between Montgomery and Gibbs and that offensive line, I understand Frank Ragnow's a little banged up, but he's going to play, and the injury to Jonah Jackson might be a big deal. But overall, I mean, with Penn Sewell leading the way and the way they run the football there in, in Detroit, uh, I would expect them to control the game a lot with that running. So, yeah, you may see a couple 49ers, you know, five-play, 75-yard drives in, you know, four minutes, but – there could be an easy 13-play, nine-minute drive out of the Lions where they are just pounding the rock, and they're going to keep this thing close. And the other thing they have going for them is Dan Campbell. Uh, I think Dan Campbell has a coaching advantage over Kyle Shanahan. And that may sound weird to people, but when you look at how those two manage the clock, especially at the end of halves and the end of games, Dan Campbell whoops his ass. And on top of that, Dan Campbell – is going to insert opportunities for chaos. The fourth downs, the fake <laughs> punts, the, the onside kicks, and if those break the Lions' way, luck may just be on their side. And I, I think there's a, I think there is an avenue for the Lions to win this football game. You were Time smartly time. leaving out shot. the quarterback, by the way. You, uh, I think you smartly left Thank out you. the quarterback because uh, I think that's the reason they're going to get exposed. But if you're right, if they can run the ball as well as you're expecting, it may not matter if Jared Goff is a puddle of goo that I think he is. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at how Aaron Jones ran it last week, like for the yep. Packers. He was awesome in that game, eighteen for over a hundred yards. Uh, and I expect, I mean, the Lions have one of the best rushing attacks in football. I expect a lot of David Montgomery in that game. The best way for Jared Goff to succeed is he needs to be able to throw over the middle of the field to guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. Unfortunately, Fred Warner stands there. So the best way to take him yep. out of the game is to run the ball right at him and force him to be prepared for that running game with David Montgomery. And then that may open up a couple passes in the middle of the field for Amon Ross. That might win them the game. Yeah. Uh... I, I, I got to say, and this is Shime Time, Chris Shime from the Greg Hill Morning Show, joining us on the Harbor One Hotline with his best bets for Championship Sunday, now kicking off in just over 24 hours' time. I'm with you, Shime. I think now, there because there was a massive movement, or it seemed like there was a, a counter-programming note towards the 49ers earlier in the week along the lines of, well, they got their bad game, their big scare out of them with Green Bay. Uh, and so now they'll get their ship together. You can throw on the Lions. The Lions' defense not that good. 
and you know Aiden Hutchinson will get controlled by Trent Williams, so there won't be much to worry about. To a point, to, to, I push back on it. I'm with you. Like, hey, wait a second. Green Bay gave you a template for how to w- beat this team, and instead of going for a bunch of Anders Carlson kicks, which the kid missed and absolutely just crushed the soul of Green Bay because they absolutely should have. They, they were the better team 52, 53 minutes out of that game last week and absolutely should have won. Dan Campbell will show no fear. He'll go for it when he needs to. He'll bite all the kneecaps and butts off that he has to. And I know Andy is not a Jared Goff fan. I'm on Ross St. Brown, so long as Fred Warner Fred Warner doesn't take his head off, should be open all day and everywhere. Sam Laporta is a hoss. And I, I'm curious to hear, it sounds like you're leaning towards maybe a running back prop or two for Detroit. Which of the two backs do you think will feed more, the power of a David Montgomery or the speed and escapability of rookie Jameer Gibbs? Yeah, I'm all over David Montgomery here. I think the number at last check was 44 and a half for David Montgomery's rushing number. That's too low. I am going to ladder that. And by ladder that, I mean I'll play the over 44 and a half. I will play over 50, over 60, over 70. I'll also probably toss in an anytime touchdown in there because I just think he is going to get the bulk of the carries. You need to run at the middle, at the teeth of that defense, and that's Fred Warner. You got to run right at him. Uh, if you're the Detroit Lions. And, and I don't think that Jameer Gibbs getting to the boundaries is going to be as effective uh, for them. But the, uh, another way I really want to approach this game is, Andy, I know you hate Jared Goff. You think he's a puddle of goo. I, don't, yep. I can't really disagree with you because in big spots he has folded. But another guy that I don't think is necessarily nails in crunch time is Brock Purdy. I mean, last week, yeah, his one good drive came at the end of the game. But prior to that, was not playing well in this game. I nope. feel like Brock Purdy has the best injury luck I've ever, or not injury, interception luck that Absolutely. I've ever seen where guys just drop balls that hit them in the hands. Yep. And so I want to attack Brock Purdy in this game. Uh, people blame the rain for last week. I disagree. I just think that's who he is. And a Brock Purdy interception is plus 100. You're getting it at even money. I love that bet. I will make that bet all day because Aaron Glenn is going to blitz him. He's going to get him off his spot. He's going to make him hot. Christian McCaffrey is going to have a difficult time running against this Detroit Lions defense. Shockingly enough, for a defense that hasn't been great, they've been very good against the run. They've only allowed, uh, I think, one guy over like 75 yards rushing all season long. Um, and Christian McCaffrey's number, by the way, is in the 80s. At last check, it was 84 and a half. I want the under on Christian McCaffrey rushing yards as well. It's 86 and a half, actually, on yep. FanDuel right now, which I want the under on. So that's, that's really how I would approach it. David Montgomery overs. Christian McCaffrey under on rushing uh, and a Brock Purdy interception. Shime, um, I'm sure you track these more than I do, but I just the the anytime touchdown to Christian McCaffrey last I saw, I believe was minus three hundred. Um, is that where does that rank among? I mean, he's been on a heater for like whatever it is now, fourteen, fifteen months, a year and a half here. But where does that rank? I mean, that's that's ridiculous that he is that surefire a thing to score a touchdown every time he takes the field. Yeah, he's still minus 300. I mean, even to score two touchdowns, only plus 175, which is wild. It's, uh, but But that's the kind of player he is, right? I mean, the guy had over 20 touchdowns in the regular yep. season. He is the focal point of this offense. And, and that was kind of my big thing when people were arguing for Brock Purdy as an MVP. In my opinion, Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of this team. He does so much, whether it's receiving, rushing, 
you name it. And inside the 10-yard line, that's what they want to do. They want to give the ball to Christian McCaffrey. They want to let him get in the end zone. They don't want to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands. They don't want to deal with any of those kind of passing variables that can happen inside the 10-yard line. They'd rather give it to their guy who doesn't fumble and is one of the best running backs in football. And so that's kind of why you see that number inflated. And I think books have just been burned by him scoring (laughs) so much that they make the price outrageous so that you don't bet it. All right, Shime. So we know Kadarius Tony out tomorrow. Joe Tooney out tomorrow. Looks like you got a pretty healthy Raven squad. Uh, looks like uh, Devo Samuel will be suiting up for the 49ers as well. So give us your uh, final picks and any sort of parlay teaser or a last little look you want to throw our way to help us make some money tomorrow. Yeah, so as I said in the San Fran game, I want the Brock Purdy interception, the over on David Montgomery, and the under on Christian McCaffrey rushing yards. In that Chiefs-Ravens game, uh, I want to attack Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, to me, feels like a difference maker in this game, a, a, a part of this offense that Lamar hasn't really had against these Fagnolo defenses. Um, they, like to, they technically play too high, but those two guys play really low and in the box, and they want to tackle on the running game. They want to shut down the run. Uh, and so my thought is, well, to beat that, you got to go over the top. And the guy to do that would be Zay Flowers. So I want to hit Zay Flowers over 43 and a half uh, receiving yards, as well as Zay Flowers over 18 and a half longest reception. I think both of those bets uh, are very much in play. I don't even hate looking at some of Zay Flowers' alternate receiving lines, like 50 plus and 60 plus, which you can get at plus 120 and plus 188, respectively. Um, and so Zay Flowers is the main target for me in that. And then I also. I want to attack Patrick Mahomes. I think one of the more under-discussed things of the season was that Patrick Mahomes threw almost as many interceptions this year as Josh Allen. And, but everybody just makes fun of Josh Allen for doing it because he's a gunslinger and he does it, and nobody wants to bring it up because he's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception is minus 132 in this game. The Baltimore defense is the best defense uh, in football, the best defense he's going to see all season. It's going to be much, much different than that Buffalo defense was last week. Uh, and I think they could create massive nightmares for this Kansas City offense, even with, you know, the best quarterback in football uh, and Patrick Mahomes thrown against them. So that's kind of how I want to approach the Baltimore game is Zay Flowers receiving targets, Zay Flowers receiving yards, and then a Patrick Mahomes interception. All right. You can follow him at Shime Time on the Twix machine where sometimes he shares his picks. I hope you have a wonderful Champ Sunday with good food, good drink, good rest, good football, and good times as always. Thanks for joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, my guy, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Boys, appreciate the time. Enjoy the football tomorrow. Indeed. Ain't nothing like it. Chris Chime joining us on the Harbor One. Uh, He and Rich Keefe will be part alongside myself and Andy Hart on Super Bowl Sunday with our big game brunch from 8A to 11A, the only Super Bowl preview you will need in town. You're not going to want to miss it. 617-779-7937 is the number. When we come back, final thoughts, and we'll put a bow on this puppy here on WEEI. 252, wrapping up another action-packed edition here of the Fitzy and Hart Show on a Saturday here in Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM, WEEI. And if you like good sports dialogue if you like a robust energized sports fan experience good conversations fun interviews and more than don't go anywhere because our guy travis thomas is coming up for three hours with the travis thomas experience uh just a couple of quick notes i know this has been a fun kind of off the walls occasionally off the rails the rails and the walls and everything else type of show but just wanted to say a couple of nice words real quick about a 
a uh, few people that have been involved in the Boston sports landscape personally, listeners to WEI and more. Uh, I just want to send a quick uh, RIP out uh, to Billy Fizzano. Uh Billy Fizzano was a P1 of WEI for a long time. Actually, Andy, a frequent caller to our program for some time as well. He is the brother of my dad's best friend, Phil, who passed away a couple of years ago himself. Billy loved the station, loved his Boston sports, and is the last uh, was the last of the remaining old guard of degenerates that used to run with my dad's crew years and years ago. Um, he was a tremendous man, worked for the Postal Service, dedicated postal employee in Detroit, uh, Dorchester for a long, long time. And uh, believe it or not, he, like many people, even though you and I love to bust each other's chops, Andy, thought we were great together and enjoyed the program. So uh, I hope there's a cold one uh, upstairs for you, Billy, and the game that you want to watch is always on at a good volume. So thank you. For everything, and also um, for, on behalf of uh, Andy, Joe, everyone at our station, our hearts, our prayers, our thoughts continue to go to Doug Kide and his family on the unfortunate and all too soon passing of Doug's daughter Hallie from uh, leukemia a couple of days ago. It's a it's a nightmare scenario. It's uh, uh, a tragedy no one should ever have to think of enduring, and the strength and resolve that they have shown has been beyond remarkable. May none of us have to go through it. May we all look to them as a North Star for what strength and resilience and family bonding is all about. Uh, God bless, Hallie. And, of course, if you would like to find out more, you can go to at Doug Kide to find the Go GoFundMe or make donations to Dana-Farber if you would like to help fight the great coward that is cancer. We will have an announcement soon on a fundraiser for the Kide family and perhaps to set up a memorial scholarship for Hallie soon. Uh, put together by our friends down at Vitamin C Brewing in Weymouth, myself, Andrew Callahan, and more. That'll do for today's program. Thank you, everybody. Great job, Andy. Great job, Joe Braverman. Make sure you don't go anywhere. The Travis Thomas experience is coming up. And tomorrow, it's Champ Sunday. Enjoy the football. Andy and I will be back with you on Monday on the Rich Keefe Show and on the Six Rings and Football Things pod. Take care, everyone.